So there are various ways in which we are trying to abbreviate our service to accommodate, especially families who are going to be trying to keep their children from running to the playground during the service um, and so that they can, you know, endure to the end. Um, so I, I'm going to try to be uh, brief uh, as well. So right now, more than any other time, it seems like it, it's harder for us to predict the future, right? Like we usually have these things that we can rely on, that we think this is probably how things are going to go with my work, with my family, those sorts of things. And right now, we have very, uh, a lot less things to really stand on and feel secure. But we do have Christ to stand on and to feel secure in, don't we? We have the church to feel secure in, to stand on. So I, I don't know about you, but during this season, it's easy to feel a little bit just worn out. It, and it's strange. It's as if there's no sense of time right now. Time is just a vapor. It just goes and goes. The days are almost all the same for some of us. And so as we come back to this idea of trying to regather as a body of Christ, there's a part of it that makes that hard. Some of us are concerned about what that will look like, for, and we feel vulnerable. Others of us are, as I said, just tired. And so we've gotten used to having Sundays as a day where we can zoom in or not zoom in um, and go about our day as soon as the service is over. But we need this. We need to stand on the rock that is Christ, and we need to stand on each other as the body of Christ. When Christ says that we are to abide in him, that a branch cannot bear fruit apart from the vine, it's not just that we as individuals are to abide in Christ. You know, a vine, as I was talking with John Hay earlier this week, is not healthy if it only has one branch. A vine has many branches, and it bears fruit on many branches. And so we, together, abide in Christ and bear fruit, not simply as individuals, but as a body, we represent Christ. And this is why it's so important that we have Eucharist as often as we can, because in Eucharist we remember that this is not just a solitary walk that I do alone. We become the body of Christ and we partake of the body of Christ of one bread together. So we need to do this. We need to regather in ways that are safe, in which we can feel safe. Um, and this isn't to put pressure on anybody. It's simply to say that this does really matter. And that as the world struggles to find some sense of what the future is going to hold, we need to hold out for the world that this is one thing that it can count on. It can count on the church, and it can count on Christ. Now, we did listen to this passage last week, but it's been resonating with me so deeply and with some others that I wanted us to listen to it again. Now, last week, we focused on the concept of bearing fruit as a church. And I held out this long-term vision for Church of the Lamb to be a parish church that ministers to the suburban and rural communities of Rockingham County. Uh, we talked about the possibility, this dream for our church to have a farm with flower gardens and other forms of agriculture that display the beauty, wonder, and abundance of our Creator and our Redeemer. 
We talked about a center for ministry and prayer. We want our church to be a center for the ministry of the gospel in our area. And we want to, in some way, create a safe and quiet place where people can come and meet Christ, even if they don't know they're looking for him. Now, before Church of the Lamb relocated from Elkton last September, some of you were part of that, some of you were, were not. Before we came to Redeemer last September, we had said that we were committed to looking for land for a long-term location. Now, we, we haven't done that since then, really, um, but mostly because our energies were so tied up in just settling into a new life here. Um, and truthfully, if I'm honest with you, I would say that I, I didn't know how we were going to pull it off as a church. I didn't know, I didn't have the kind of faith that I thought it took for the church to be able to go get that long-term location. I was waiting for God to do something. Now, as I shared last week, recently a piece of property has come into view for us. And not only does it seem to check all the boxes as a place where we could bear fruit for Christ, but also, and here's the most important part of this conversation, I and others feel more and more drawn to lean into asking God to provide for us, to asking you to pray that God would provide for us in this way. Now, in our passage in John 15, Christ says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, if you've been, been for a Christian for very long, you know that promise isn't as straightforward as you would like it to be, is it? Sometimes we wrestle in prayer, and we don't know if God is giving us what we've asked for. In fact, it feels oftentimes like the answer is no. But we want Church of the Lamb to bear fruit. And so we keep asking God, trusting that he is forming us even as we're asking regardless of what the answer may be in the particular instance that we're asking. Katie and the boys walked the land last Sunday afternoon. We'll provide an opportunity right after church today, too, for people to go and to walk this property that's just down the road on the right. Um, and they walked the land, and the boys just, they loved it, and so they said, I want to stay here. And so we asked them, pray. And so the boys have started saying, God, give us that land. And, you know, there may be some conversation after when God, if God chooses not to. But this is part of the journey with Christ, isn't it? The adventure of faith. We try to abide in Christ. We ask him for things. We ask for the moon. And then... Sometimes he gives it to us in that instance. Other times he doesn't. But all the time he is forming us as his children. This is how God forms his children. By us reaching out in faith, asking him. And God working in us along the way, forming us. So this vision, this property, I expect you guys have lots of questions about it. Maybe concerns. And we might be able to answer some of those right now. But what we're really doing is we're asking you to help us with your prayers. So that clarity, clarity around God's will will increase as you and I pray together. And as we ask Christ together and discern his voice together. That's what God has really called Church of the Lamb to do as a church. That's how he's trying to form us as a church. To be a church that can hear his voice and follow him. Now. 
where I'd like to focus for just a couple more minutes this morning is on Christ's command, his call on us to abide in him. You know, as much as he wants us to bear fruit, Christ doesn't command us to bear fruit. A a vine doesn't say to its branch, bear fruit, bear fruit. The only command Christ gives is to abide in him. Fruit bearing is a natural consequence of that abiding. A branch connected to a living tree or a vine cannot help but bear fruit of that vine or that tree. This is the way it works. So what does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, the word abide has to do with where we live, where we find our home. And so Christ is ultimately saying, find your home in me. Abide in me. Well, how do we do that? There's a lot of mystery in this language that Christ is using with us. Christ speaks in this way because a relationship to him always involves faith and mystery. But there are guideposts that he gives us along the way. How do we abide in Christ? The overarching answer to this question of how we abide in Christ is this. To abide in Christ, we abide in love. To abide in Christ, we abide in love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, Christ says. None of us, no matter how at home we may feel in our homes, no matter how at home we may feel with a spouse or a friend or someone else in this world, none of us have ever experienced a space that is as welcoming and as safe as the love of Jesus for us. To abide in Christ is to finally let ourselves come to rest in love. To no longer fear the possibility of not being loved. How broad is the love of Jesus for us? Well, it's as broad as the Father's love was for Jesus and is for Jesus. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Can you believe that? Jesus' love for you is not minimized from his love from the Father. It's not as if there's only so much love to go around, so he has the Father's love, and then he can give to each of us a little bit of that love. No, as the Father has loved me, that is the definition of how I have loved you, my disciple, my child. Christ's life, all his words and actions, and most especially his death and resurrection, are displays of love for us in which he comes near to each of us and seeks to take us by the hand to bring us home. There's a church father who said, God is our homeland, to him we must go. To come to Christ is not to come to a theory or mechanism of forgiveness, though it is to come to forgiveness. But instead, it's to come to a person who is forgiveness and who is love. So to abide in Christ is to abide in love. It's to breathe a deep sigh of relief and finally find ourselves at rest in every inch of our body. And Jesus helps us to abide in his love by giving us tangible ways of abiding in it right now. One of these is the Eucharistic body. 
So in John 6, 56, by the way, you could do a study of this word abide throughout John's gospel. And by John 15, you can see it's all adding up to what it means to abide in Jesus. So in John 6, 56, Jesus says, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. When we come to the Eucharistic table, Jesus wants us to receive him with faith. Now, don't get worried about, is this literally the body of Jesus? Don't worry about that. Just know that when you come to the table to receive the bread, Jesus wants you to receive him, to know that he's present with you and he is ministering to you. He's feeding you. Eucharist, the feast of God's people, is a way that we abide in Christ's love. So when we're not able to have this meal, we really should miss it. We should long for it. It is a kind of fast in which we should become hungry for God to feed us again. Even though we know that Christ is with us and can minister to us when we don't have this meal, when things are as they should be, we should have this meal. Now back to our passage today in John 15. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, commandments in our world today are viewed as rigid, stifling, incompatible with something so powerful and freeing as love is supposed to be. And our sinful human nature blinds us in this way. We cannot see to the other side of a command, the freedom that's to be found in a loving command. We only see someone telling us what to do, someone trying to claim authority over our lives. And we, we struggle with that a lot. But all true love makes claims on us, whether it's a husband and wife, a friendship, whatever it may be. All true love makes claims on us. No true lover can be indifferent to the response of a beloved. That's not true love when you don't care what the other chooses to do. True love welcomes us as we are. It does. It shows us grace. But true love refuses, refuses to leave us in ways that are damaging to us. It wants to see us flourish, thrive. So true love molds us through its patience and its steadfastness. In obeying Christ, like he says, you want to abide in my love, obey my commands. When we obey Christ, when we love our neighbors, when we forgive our enemies, when we repent of sin that we've knowingly committed against Christ, especially in the most difficult times when we do this, we enter more deeply into Christ's love, and we do experience freedom. We find ourselves more at home in Christ and in the love that sets us free. Christ loves Church of the Lamb, and he loves each of us as his people. He wants us to bear fruit for him. He wants us to abide in him so that we can bear fruit. How is it that Church of the Lamb can have a daring dream and vision for our life together in the future? It's because Christ, the one who calls us to abide in his love, says to us, ask me for whatever you wish and I will give it to you. How can we not have a daring dream for what God might want to do in us and through us? 
This is what our Lord has called us to do. And he's gone before us in the life of the resurrection so that we can follow him into this life. And it's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.